Well, we're here, Chris. Uh, take. I don't believe you. Take us away. Um, are we? Uh, we are. Yep. I don't believe you. <laughs> Let's get rolling. Hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, showing up tonight. As you can see, we are short uh, a Dax slash Myrna, but that's all right. We're going to move on with Outer tonight. She will be here in spirit. Uh, you guys aren't going to get in combat anyways, so you don't need her healing power. Uh, but anyways, this is Featherfall. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me side eye here. Like, uh, I just... I must... Telling you the truth, man. Uh, anyways, Featherfall Tabletop, thanks for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, we'll get through some of the sponsorships. We have a couple of them. One of them would be Found Familiar Coffee. Uh, you can uh, find their link down below. That is an affiliate link. You follow that link. Use code Featherfall at checkout. You're going to save yourself 10% on all of their fabulous coffee. That is uh, supportive of much of the the art community here in the in uh, the T TTRPG community. Uh, they do a lot of work in getting uh, artists work on their bags of coffee. So if you're into that kind of thing, please support them and help support us. And all you know, just it goes all around, round and round. Also, we have a sponsorship from School Splitter Dice. Link down below again, affiliate link that you can use code Featherfall. Uh, check out to save yourself 10% on some dice. They have a, a couple uh, Independence Day sales going on. I believe today's the last day, but who knows? You can check them out anyways. Uh, they got tons of stuff on there for you to look at uh, and, and maybe buy. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'll say thank you to them for sponsoring uh, Featherfall Tabletop. Tomorrow on the channel, we have a one-shot uh, DM'd by Billy over there, Made in Waterdeep. That is from the Uncaged Anthology, which we are super excited to dive into, that, that whole uh, list of one-shots there. And that one's called Made in Waterdeep, uh, Uncaged Anthology. On the 22nd of July, we have our very first Call of Cthulhu one-shot. I will be the Keeper of Arcane Lore for that game. They're not DMs and... In that system, they are keepers of arcane lore. I will be taking the players through the Lightless Beacon, which was the, the free module for Tabletop Day uh, a year or two ago, which I'm super excited to do that. That'll be the first time. Uh, yeah, gods we know in chat. Made, M-A-I-D, not M-A-D-E in Waterdeep. Um, so here we are. This is Curse of Strahd. Thank you for uh, being here and, and continuing this journey with us. If you are on podcast land or YouTube, uh, thank you for uh, following along as well. If you'd like to join us here live, we are every other Sunday on Twitch at 6.30 Pacific Time, 8.30 Central. We'd love to have you live in chat um, and hang out with us there. But we have, this is session 12, titled Ambush at Blinsky's, as we left off last time. Uh, setting up a possible ambush for a certain someone. But before we get to the recap, we do have a special sponsor for this segment on our Featherfall Tabletop channel. This playthrough of Curse of Strahd is sponsored by Roll20. Uh, we will be using the module on Roll20, as you can see when we bring up our maps. Um, they're kind of working through all their 2020 updates and projects, custom token markers, updates to the Fog of War... Streaming and support integration, all that good stuff. Close to 5 million subscribers on their website. So check them out for all your ta digital tabletop needs. Roll20.net. This is how we roll. All right. Recap of session 11. Some things happened. We're kind of getting deeper and deeper into Velaki and kind of realizing that this is a, uh, a 
a town thick with issues. Uh, <laughs> so you you did return the bones of St. Andrew to the church, to Father Lucian, and that is now hallowed ground once again. So we are <laughs> thick with issues. I, I shouldn't have chat popped out because it distracts me from my recap. Anyway, that's my fault, not yours. Keep the chat going. But it is now hallowed again, and uh, that that first um, adventure or or story thread of delivering Irina to these hallowed grounds is now uh, checked off on your list of to-dos. But you did learn some other things from the father that there there's some other issues, uh, such as Isaac, the man that bumped into Avi and Mirna, and uh, I believe Cast you were with Mirna at the time um, that bumped him into you all with the, the kind of metal hand and the huge battle axe um, and kind of ordering uh, through the streets uh, by order of the Burgermeister. Um, you found out that he is actually the brother to uh, Irina and that he's carrying around this weird doll uh, that is almost an exact liking of her in the likeness of her. And that sets up the ambush of this person um you went to blinsky toys um just to kind of track down where these toys this doll of Irina's coming from and you went to blinsky toys um you met piccolo uh the the monkey that once belonged to rick tavio who is now uh, in the hands of blinsky blinsky showed you some of his macabre um uh, makings and toys there was a rushing nesting doll uh, type toy that had a, a mummy on the inside. There was some beheaded toys. There was uh, a, a strawed lookalike lookalike dummy that I think Avi purchased. Yes, that will be great. I can't wait for that to come out. Um, but you did see uh, Blinsky finishing up the f uh, a newest edition of this Irina doll, and you got some information from him, and you you have decided that. You're going to set up this ambush here in Blinsky's toy shop of Isaac, the uh, the Burgermeister's kind of henchman or muscle, if that's what we want to call him. And I think that's pretty much where we left off. Uh, did I miss anything else? Sounds about right. All right, I like that. Uh, we don't have Dax here with her impeccable notes, uh, so we'll just we'll make do. It's fine. So that's where we are. You are in Blinsky Toys, and and it was kind of a travesty to not have Adam as bull there because I think you would have had a good time in this. And you're still here, so you can still have a good time um, inside of this uh, this toy shop. So, toy shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to find a toy shop in the land of Barovia where everything seems to be bad? Barovian. Barovian. That's yes, I like it. All right. So that's where we left off. Um, I guess the f first thing we need to do is how do we set this trap, right? You think we just have to wait here? He's, okay. he's supposed to come pick up the new doll, right? And, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just find a place to sit down and practice okay. ventriloquism with a dummy. Okay. Yeah, uh, Gadoff Blinsky uh, told you that he was finishing up this doll because he does come in periodically and, and get a new one. He doesn't pay for these dolls. He comes in and demands them to be made. So a lot of uh, Blinsky's time is, is you know, doing this uh, this free work here for, for this muscle of the Burgermeister. 
and he did say that he was coming in sometime today. You don't know for sure. Um, you did come here first thing in the morning, so it is rather early. So you, you definitely didn't miss him uh, as he was finishing up that toy. Um, and this this store is kind of lined with display shelves. It's got uh, kind of a, a counter. And then behind is a curtained door that kind of goes back into a, a bigger workshop. He was working on a little side table, just finishing up uh, putting the head on the body of Irina um, when you guys walked in. But there is kind of a curtained area in the back that uh, makes way into a bigger workshop area. None of you have been back there or seen there, but he, has, he told he did tell you that. So Avi, you're gonna take a seat. Um, there's not there there is kind of like a bar stool behind the counter that you can you can get on and you can set the Strahd, um, uh dummy on there. And yeah, there there are some uh, mechanism. You put your hand in the back and you can you can trigger the mouth. Um, there are some uh, like dowels that kind of connect to some of the the different appendages so you can get him to move his arms and his legs um but yeah you're sitting there <laughs> give me a performance check for just for the hell of it um <laughs> we'll see how good you're doing this ends well <laughs> uh, four yeah you're having a hard time um mostly on your end you're able to move the mouth and, and get that flapping but it's the art it takes for you not to move your lips as you're saying is it's you're not there at all it's you're you you are miming the whole thing so it's it's there's no ventriloquism happening but good good effort really wanted abby to be like a savant at fucking (laughs) (laughs) that would have been great right Uh, hey um blinsky do you do you happen to have a doll of uh is i mean i'm I'm sure he's he's come and tortured you enough, or maybe you have a little doll of him that you stick needles in or something. No, I I don't uh, I don't deal in the uh, that kind of toys. These are toys, not weapons. He does pull out kind of a a structure from underneath. I do have this. Uh, and it is, um, it's a miniature gallows, complete with this trap door, and this, this man who's standing on a stool. And you just push this lever, and you know how gallows work. I mean, you could pretend. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot my my Blinsky voice. So yeah, he is very walking tonight. It's pretty close. Um, uh, but you can pretend this is, uh, is it? You are a disturbing, disturbing man. You use what is around you to create the art, right? <laughs> Cass just nods slowly, a little, a little confused, before uh, taking a look around the room, seeing if there's uh, anywhere that we can go ahead and hide to jump this guy. Yeah, so if you're, if you're gonna do this in my shop, you might want to hide in the back. I don't you haven't had dealings with him yet, have you? He doesn't know your face. So maybe one or two of you could be out here. If we hide in the back, what's to stop him from running out of the front? He kind of shrugs his shoulders like, man, I, I don't know. Uh, he he very well could. I, I don't want this. good enough. I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah, I so don't think he's going to leave until we come out, you know. We're 
probably the most expensive looking people in this town. So I'm just a little worried that as soon as we pop out, he's just going to go ahead and bolt. He's here for his sister. He'll be fine. Yeah, so Tack, as a reminder, you are currently in the visage of Irina, correct? Yep. P- Irina pre-haircut. Right. Right. That's not some, that's something we we skipped over in the uh, recap. Is uh, Tack suggested Irina get a haircut to kind of maybe uh, widen the the amount you two look like alike, um, and so it's really only only the one of you, which is you right now. So, are you are you planning on staying in the like main area of the? I think Tech wants to wait behind the curtain until Isaac shows up, okay. and then surprise. Okay. Do not look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, I guess so. Tech's going to be behind. Uh, Avi, are you staying out front? I'm thinking. Where does? I'm thinking staying in like a corner and okay. being quiet. So if you came in, you wouldn't just instantly see me. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the end of one of the display shelves. You could kind of hide in the shadows a little bit. You're not totally hidden, but okay. you're not out there in the wide open. Um, Bowl and and Cass, what what are you two doing? Uh, I've got a question. Would it have been possible to leave? Uh, Kane with uh, Irina Prime back at the um, church. Uh, yeah, if we want to retcon that uh, for the purpose of, like, if anything happens to her, like, we'll just know. Um, okay. And then Bull would—I think he's got a wooden mask, so he'd put that on, and with his like disguise kit, maybe just like the loudest looking like clothes, so he can just like pretend to be like a mannequin of sorts. All right, uh, you you have a wooden mask. I like it. Uh, yeah, you're able to put that on, kind of flip up the hood, and you have some kind of louder colors of just like swatches of um, cloth in your in your kit that you're able to kind of like drape over you like a shawl. Um, you're gonna pose. What would your pose be if you're a mannequin? Uh, if he has any other just like creepy looking dolls, maybe just like holding one, almost like a baby. Okay. Yeah, you're you're definitely <laughs> able to find one that you know. There are some that have like a missing head that you're able that have already been decapitated. You're able to kind of like cradle. Well, fine. And you're yeah, looking at it very motherly. Um, it's fine. It's normal. So we'll say yeah, you're up on the on the other side of the room, on the other end of one of the display cases, looking like a mannequin. You're able to like snap in if if you hear that door open up. Uh, but you're in position. Cass. Cass is currently debating whether to pretend to be a bodyguard. Realizes that's probably a terrible idea, and then we'll go ahead and um probably join Tack behind the curtain. All right. Um, it looks like you guys are all in your spots. He usually comes around lunchtime. I, I don't know if you want to stay in position until then. Seems fine. I've done worse than this. All right. Uh, any Anything else you want to do in a kind of a prep of this, uh, this encounter, this ambush? Do we have a map of Blinsky's? Uh, 
No, I don't. It is. It's it's a rectangular room. There are no. Um, if you remember from last time, it is kind of sandwiched in between two right. other buildings. So there are no windows on the side. One front door. Um, maybe a back door. I mean, Tack, uh, you're back there. You see, there is a back door that heads heads out to a back alley. If you pop your head out, um, but very rectangular. Shelves along the side. One counter in, in towards the the back end, with the uh, with the back room that has kind of his workshop and you see like different um starts of dolls different maybe some discarded ideas of what didn't work out didn't pan out in the full creation you do see um in the corner kind of a bigger clockwork um imitation of what he was talking about last time uh with um uh with van Lurg's masterpiece of of the clockwork man that is in strad's uh castle you see something that that kind of looks like that description um not completed and then you just see like bins of raw material stuffing and and some clothes or some cloth uh thread needles all that kind of stuff um did anybody so avi you were messing around with piccolo there yeah. Are, are you done? Are you done? Okay. So yeah, Piccolo has returned to uh, Blinsky's shoulder and is just kind of looking over him. And you know, he he does some general fetching of tools when he needs it. But you can tell Blinsky is doing a horrible job at trying to look busy um, as he's just sitting here tinkering, waiting uh, as this this ticking clock is going on. <laughs> All right. Any anything else? Any last bits of prep? I am good. Ready for this? Thank you. Ready. Okay. So hour goes by and nothing and you could tell blinsky's he's just trying to like keep small talk up uh trying to stay busy uh another hour goes by same thing same kind of no customers come in during that time um but towards the end of the third hour the door does open up and you see that man and i handed uh, him out last time i'll i think i can reshare it show to players um it should just automatically show is that it uh, you see this man come in. He's got kind of this huge battle axe, a pelt over his uh, shoulders, bald on, on on his head. And the other arm that you can't really see in this uh, picture is kind of is that metal that is in a solid position. And you do see on the axe, there's a weird bracket that you, you could imagine that hand kind of slides into if he's going to wield it two-handed. Um... Around that sleeve of the metal hand, you see a lot of the fur has been singed, like it was uh, kind of clo too close to a fire. Um, so you see, you see that kind of like char marks come up, and then it, it turns into a, a nicer white uh, a wolf pelt over his shoulders. And he comes in and he barges directly to the counter. And to Blinsky, Blinsky um, stops what he's doing and kind of straightens up. Oh, Isaac, it's good to see you. I think as as I hear that, I'm gonna okay. stand up, put the doll or whatever away, and just act like I'm maybe searching the shelves, okay. but be very in tune with what's going on. He he pops his head over to you. He you get a little bit of his gaze, uh, but he does not pay attention to you very much. Um, Adam, give me a performance check as you're um, mannequining it up in the uh, on the other end. Mannequin, great movie by the way. Um, Kim Cattrall. 
Uh, that is a twenty-one. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're you're. As soon as you hear that door open, you just like lock it in place, and you you got yeah, perfect. Hold it until I get back to you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but he comes bounding up and he, he kind of slams that metal hand on the yeah. counter and he's like, where is the new one? Give it to me. And so Blinsky carefully takes this out and sets it on the counter and he picks it up with his with his good hand and he kind of holds it up and he takes out the other one and holds it next to it. So now he's got he's got both of them kind of sitting, sets them on the counter and he's like he's looking over it as in like doing a look of like is this an exact replica of the last one you made and it's good and he puts the other one in his haversack and he holds the other one and he kind of cradles it almost like you are bull in his hand and he's going to pick up his uh his his, his axe and he's going to turn around and he's going to walk out i'll step out of the curtain or from his, behind the curtain as, okay. he, as he turns around. Yeah, his back would be to you now. I'll call out to him, Hey, brother, I hear you're looking for me. He turns around. And as he does this, you see almost like his knees go weak. Like this is a, a sight that he has been waiting for. And he says out loud, My dream is here. And he holds up that doll next to you, fact-checking almost. And he stuffs it in a pocket, and he's going to kind of bow his head a little bit, and he is moving towards you rather aggressively. You are coming with me! And he's going to get close to you, and he's going to try to uh, grapple you and throw you over his shoulder. Uh, and if you don't want to contest this, it'll be he will do this. Uh, I think I think I'll contest. Not not very well, but I will attempt to right. contest. Um, actually, um, hold on. I think. Well, tax doing so that, I would like to just. This say isn't it. I'm moving forward to. Like this isn't just going to happen, right? Okay, so as he comes towards the back of the store, do you come in behind him, like backfill? To the moment you he, just the moment he goes, you're coming with me. Yes, I will. Okay. Yeah, you kind of stop looking at what you're looking at, and you turn, and now you, you're facing then uh, him approaching Tack. Uh, I'm gonna hit him with the unsettling visage so that he's okay. gonna have disadvantage on this grapple check because okay. I don't have. <laughs> Any kind of good grappling skill. Uh, remind me the unsettling vis visage. With so that, just once per short rest, I basically uh, flash a terrible face. <laughs> um, and when a creature makes an attack roll against me, I can use this reaction okay. to impose disadvantage on the roll. Um, I have to use it before I know whether the, the roll su succeeds or fails. Um, but considering I have... A poor ability to get out of the way I'm, I'm okay using it ahead of time um you know okay so yeah as he's approaching and your your face flashes from this kind of picturesque irena uh kind of almost a flawless uh female face just flashes into this horrific kind of vicious and you see him like try to shake it off like and you know, kind of like 
taps his head, his temple a little bit as he's moving towards you. Uh, but yeah, he's going to still try as your face flashes back to uh, the arena that he knows. And while, um, while I, that's happening, I want to cast heat metal on the metal part of his arm that attaches nice. to the skin. Okay, I like it. Uh, let's. The, he has to make a save, yeah? Uh, uh, no, no. Oh, for heat metal. Yeah, I think it's... Actually, I don't think there's a save. I think it's no. drop it. Yeah, or, you, you or drop it. damage. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. So as he's... Uh, we're going to do this simultaneous. As he's going to grapple Irina slash tack and put over the shoulder, I'm going to say he gets you... Well, I guess we got to uh, go Resolve to... Resolve the grapple check there. All right, so I rolled an 18. Okay, well, that's with disadvantage you rolled an yeah, 18? Yeah, yeah, I rolled 40. a 19 and a 14. He's, he's strong. Uh, well, then he grabs me because I yeah, have a 16. Yeah, you could tell he, he is pretty strong. Like, he's got just that brute kind of body. Actually, like I want to use my inspiration. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's that? Is that, is that advantage for inspiration? Uh, I think <laughs> it'd be at a D8. If, yeah, D8. At a D8. Yeah, roll a D8 and see what happens. Um... Also, good time. Anybody in the chat, if you got points, we're going to need them. So use your channel points. That was a five. So that brings my 16 to a 21. Oh, shit. So that's enough. So as he's going to, like, grapple around you, you can feel on the small of your back that metal arms start to heat up. And he he kind of brings his hand back quickly. And he looks at it. And you can see it just starting to glow this uh, this soft red. And he, he flings it down. He's going to shed that... Um, that sleeve and what okay so it's 2d8 right. from that if uh we're doing that yeah give me oh, that it's a two sweet, sweet damage and a seven so nine total and he doesn't have to make us he doesn't even get a chance to save huh? no 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 so choose a manufactured metal object such as metal weapon suit or or a suit of heavy blah 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 you cause the object to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast a spell. Until the spell ends, you can use it. A bonus action on each of your subsequent turns to cause this damage again. If a creature is holding or wearing the object and takes the damage from it, the creature must succeed on a con save or drop it. So if he's just choosing to drop it... Um... No save. going to flick it down and you see that sleeve just come down... Um, does he take damage? 2d8, 9, nine damage. Right 9 after. damage, 9. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Alright, so he takes that damage and you hear him just this guttural kind of... And, but now you see this... It's kind of shriveled. This hand that looks like if you if you've uh, you know read To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Tom Robinson gets his arm just the muscle separated, and you see it kind of like just dangling there, very muscular from the mid forearm up. But below that, it's just this kind of shriveled little thing that kind of went inside of that sleeve. And you, uh, so he's screaming. Um, Cass Bull. We'll have you kind of do a, a surprise before we get into some uh, some initiative here. Sorry, that was, you would... that was a go-ahead pass. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to pop my head out. Uh, <laughs> Avi's heated one arm. I want to frostbite the other. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah, so as he's kind of like holding, holding this up and looking at it. Go ahead. Uh, it is a con save. Ah, uh, that's a 10 total. 
Uh, DC's 12, so fails. Woohoo! Uh, that is three points of cold damage. Okay. Going penetration. Uh, and then I'll go ahead and stab myself as well to get my blood rate okay. going. Okay, all right. Uh, Bull will go ahead and throw a cloud of daggers in, like, right in front of the doorway to block okay. him from running. Okay. Right. And that's a five-foot square, yeah? Yes. And can you move Cloud of Daggers, or is it... Uh, I don't believe so. I think okay. that's just, like... Flaming I'm pretty sure that one's just... Once okay. it's there, it's there. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead at this point. Uh, let me get... Nope, not that one. Get that one out. Um, let's go ahead and roll initiative. I was going to say, we set up an ambush. The whole no-combat thing. Lies. Lies. Yeah, that, did, that did not... <laughs> Um, well, shoot. <laughs> Isaac did not roll well. All right, so, Tack, that leads us to you, um, Isaac, at the bottom of the order here. So you're all going to get another round of attacks on this guy. As he's he does, as he's recovering, and now that heated metal piece of armor is not on his hand, he's going, he's like, you know, athletic position coming at you again. His gaze only broke from you for the second to check his arm and it was almost zero it was zero right back on you what um, you want to do tech so i'm going to try and hit it with a mind spike no not mind spike a mind sliver cantrip okay. um so that is intelligence save on his part uh dc 14 i had i had battle music up uh for this so let's get that going uh D, uh you said sorry DC 14, DC 14 int save. Um, I can't say that he's the smartest of guys. That's an 8. <laughs> so he's going to take a D6 psychic damage. And the next saving throw he makes before my turn, um, he has to roll a D4 and subtract it from that saving throw. So All right. he takes 4 points of psychic damage. Okay. And then I'm also going to call out Dr. Fred and <laughs> try and smash him with Dr. Fred. Okay. Um, and what, so. what does that look like as you cast this? Because he's well, looking uh, at you and you're doing things that maybe mine, in his mind's mind eye. Um, let's see. Mind Sliver has a... It's only a verbal component. Um, so I just kind of whisper in his general direction. He doesn't even need to hear it. I like um, it. But it's just kind of a, a, a mouthed word uh, okay. in his general direction. What Do you have something you would whisper to him as you're, like, embodying Irina and you see him, like, talking about his dreams coming true? Is there... Uh, probably just a, a, a quick time to die. Um, <laughs> All right. You know. Uh, and then there will be a... Uh, Dr. Fred is typically summoned with a kind of twirled fingers as I... As he okay. comes up from the depths, um, and I will uh, try and position him, seeing as he's phantasmic, it doesn't particularly matter where he is as long as he's within 10 feet of uh, Isaac. Um, so okay. I'll, I'll summon him and attempt okay. to slap Isaac with him, or, okay. well, let's see if I hit first. Um, that is a dirty 20 to hit. Yeah, that hits. He's wearing, under that, that wolf pelt, you see a uh, studded leather armor underneath. Um, and then he takes... Yes, does it. D10 or D8? D8. 
Um, so he will take a total of four points of electric. And you said he has disadvantage on his next save? So, yeah, with uh, mine's mine, 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 mine. just a little, little cantrip. Um, the target takes 1d6 psychic damage, and the first time it makes a saving throw before the end of my next turn, uh, it must roll a d4 and subtract the number from the saves. If I cast a spell that's got a save, he loses it, or if anyone else um, does anything requiring him to save. Alright. Um, as you are doing all this, and you're kind of whispering in his ear, and, and uh, you know, summoning your tentacle, you, you see his eyes kind of like droop down at the side, like saddened almost, and he's like, Sister! No! And he's, he's very upset here. Uh, anything else, Tack? That's it for me. Right. I will hold oh, my ground otherwise. Okay. Yeah, he's he's like almost his nose is getting closer to you like, you know, the alien going up to Ripley's cheek just like getting in your in your area. Uh, Avi? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just cast Scorching Ray. Uh, yep. So three... Um, Scorch Ray. Son of a bitch. 13, 8, 21. 3, 13, 8, 21. No, no, 13, 8, and 21. That's one hit. Okay. The 21 hits. A full 8, 8 damage of Ooh. fire just straight to his gut. Okay. And you're kind of off his... Um, kind of wing on it on the off his shoulder and you light him up and that singe continues around the uh the wolf pelt that is uh on his shoulders that was kind of this impeccable white is now like singed and charred black he does take some damage as that fire kind of comes up and around his neck um he does turn quickly to look at you and you see you now have uh kind of the the ire of uh of his gaze there anything else avi uh bull so you've cast Blade Ward uh, on the door, um, and you're, I imagine you kind of did that without moving a whole lot, and you're still kind of in this uh, catatonic uh, mannequin-like state. Yeah, they're probably pretending a little bit here, and then they'll go ahead and cast uh, Dissonant Whispers to uh, Izik, and they'll say, Hey, it uh, looks like you could use a hand. And that is a wisdom save of 13. <laughs> oh, shit. A wisdom save? No, that's a 9. Yeah, that's not very bright. Oh! More muscular. Uh, sorry about that. You think he has a lot of hit points. That oh, is a 15 he should have, psychic damage. He would have disadvantage on that, but he failed anyway, so how much psychic damage? Uh, 15. Oh, shit. Yeah. What is that? It's not even a real spell. And then they'll go ahead and uh, look towards uh, Avi, who... Or not Avi, um, Cass. Zed, hey, hey, uh, you know, you're doing great. I mean, give him a thumbs up, and that's uh, Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the worst Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> I'm kidding, that's good. Uh, I like it. I like the subtleness of it. Not everybody has to be over the top. I like it. Um, oh, I just read yeah, it as sarcasm. <laughs> sarcastic inspiration. Uh, he, knows you, he knows you're going to need it. So, yeah, you now have uh, an inspiration. Uh, is it a D8 for you at this point? Uh, D6. I think at level right. 5 it's a D8. All right. D6 for you, uh, Cass. 
Uh, and that leads us to you, Cass. What would you like to do? As you're kind of coming out of the curtains, you've you've kind of uh, frozen his other hand, uh, and you're over the shoulder of uh, attack as Irina. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Frostbite means he has disadvantage on his next uh, attack roll, which is okay. exciting. So I don't really need to do much there. I'm probably just going to go ahead and... Uh, <clears throat> I'm probably just going to go ahead and rush him, to be honest. Yep. Just... Bite your thumb at me, sir. Um, so what does this look like? Are you... Are you going to like tackle, grapple, or just kind of bull rush and and knock back? <coughs> oh, I still I, I'm I'm literally just going to rush him with my trident. Okay, all right. I like it. Get straight in there. I like it. Uh, that is a sixteen to hit. Yep, that hits. Awesome. That is uh, five points of piercing, three points of cold. Five plus three is eight. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the spear comes in, and you're able to get it in through and pierce through that that leather. One of the tines on your uh, trident kind of clings off one of the studs, but it's able to kind of just shift over to the side and get right into there, and you do get him a, a nice little spear into his, his ribcage. And he tries to grab it with that with that hand that has been de, uh, de-armored, and it just kind of lays on your trident lazily, uh, not really. And you can't, you don't feel any push um, as he tries to do that. Anything else, Cass? I just kind of go, um, folks, I thought this was going to be harder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, action economy is clearly in your favor. Um, is it, is, it is now his turn to act. He's, he's like looking around and scanning the situation and seeing all these people like come out of the woodwork and just like, and you can see him start to like really heave, breathing, breathing from uh, way up high. And he's like looking at you, Irina. He's going to try to grab you one more time. I'll relent. Oh, I'm not going to contest. Okay, so he's going to come up and grab you. He will take the opportunity attack from, uh, I believe, Cass, you're the only one in melee, unless, uh, Avi, you want to make a case for it. Um, He's going to grab you and get up and use his movement to walk. I'm going to say he gets to the Blade Ward, so if you go ahead and uh, give me the damage for that. I mean, the shop isn't isn't super long. It's He's got enough movement to get to the door. Uh, I'm going to spend my reaction to Hellish oh. Rebuke. Yes, now you can successfully attack me. Do you have to take damage to do Hellish Rebuke? Um, oh, wait, do I? I think you are correct. Well, then out, never mind. Outside of the grabbing of you, that was like it swift. Hurt me, so, okay. Yeah, it was very gentle. Right. Yeah, it's, you have to. Damage only. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, no oh. problem. That is uh, 10 slashing from the blade ward. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to take that, too. Cloud of daggers. Sorry, not blade ward. Yeah, sorry. Opportunity attack. Natural 20. Nice. Uh, Nice, right? Uh, So, yeah, give me uh, me the damage roll on that. Um, Yeah, so uh, cast or attack, you take that same 10 points of damage. I would imagine. Yep. I mean, if, if technically we're sharing a square, so if he moved yeah. into the cloud of daggers, yeah. I'm going to take. Yeah, it's, it's kind of catching your kind of legs that are dangling in front of yep. him. Just. Uh okay. So he's not resistant to cold, right? Not that you know. That he, he seemed to have taken. Not as I know. Okay. Uh, yeah, he seemed to have taken is, the brunt of that damage. Uh, twenty points of piercing, four points of cold. 
max roll on the damage. Damn, he's looking rough. You guys, those are some monster rolls, guys. Um, I thought this was going to be a little, <laughs> little more difficult. Uh, so yeah, he he has you, and as those blades come in and start to to cut up, um, he he kind of like lifts you. Attack, he lifts you and almost gets you into a uh, like shoulder carry, and so you're up out of that ward, out of those blades that are getting you those cloud of daggers. Let's call it. Let's, let's call it what it is. He gets you up and out of it, like protecting you in a way. Uh, you do take the damage, but he he has moved you out of there, and he is to the door. That's his movement, and his action was picking you up. So he is. Uh, that's where he's at. So we're back to you, Tack. What would you like to do as you are now on his shoulder? Well, first thing I'm going to do is. Um... Move Dr. Fred closer okay. uh, and have him swing at the, the feet there of Isaac. Yep. And that is a 12, so I doubt that. Yeah, is that, that does not hit. Um, Your tentacle tripped over a uh, stuffed uh, dire wolf as it was kind of moving through and just kind of flops down right behind him, wasn't able to get a swipe in there. Um, I'm going to attempt to mind spike him then. <laughs> All right. Um, that is a wisdom save on his part, DC 14. No, that's a seven. Okay. So he's going to take 3d8 Damn. psychic damage. <laughs> Negative modifier, man. Ooh. So that is... 15 points of psychic damage and where'd it go um, you can see on as a you're there, oh he, go ahead he takes his he takes his hand up and he's like hitting the back of his of his head just like there's weird things going on up there that he's not used to he's trying to hit it out um, so 13 psychic damage and on a failed save I always know his location until the end of the spell which is concentration up to an hour um, but only as long as we're on the same plane of existence. So yeah, you're pretty close to him. And I guess that's going to be it for me. Okay. Uh, after he's done hitting his head and kind of like trying to shake that off, he goes to and he reaches for the handle. So his hand is on the door handle, heading out. Uh, not able to open it, but he is there. Avi. Yeah, he's looking rough. It. It. Ah, two of those hit. What's that total? Six plus eight. I was muted in stream. Can you see it? Six exactly, exactly right 14 hit points. Here we go. That's 14 right there. Yeah, so exactly 14 hit points. As he's like reaching for that door, just in those the cloud of daggers is all swirling around. Your your uh, scorching ray comes in and kind of like gets lost in that those cloud of daggers and circles around him once, twice, and then poof, lands in his side. The other one comes in, lands in his side. One of them shoots right through the daggers, hits the door, kind of lights it up, but hits him, and he falls back, and he falls like with you as like tack. You are his neck pillow at this point as he is falling down. And his arms and that big battle axe that he didn't even get to use just thuds down to the ground. And that limp hand lightly just falls 
You guys are out of initiative. What would you like to do? Well, I think uh, I think we did it, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look at Belinsky and say you're you're gonna take care of this because we gotta go, right? <clears throat> who, are, who are you speaking to? Uh, Belinsky. Um. <laughs> I what 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 do you want me to do with him? Um, get rid of get rid of him. I I think is exactly what we wanted you to do. That's what's not in the cards. But he comes over and he's like, as he comes around the counter with Piccolo on his on his shoulder, he is kind of a a, a rotund man. He has this kind of have a big pot belly, the kind of that big bulbousy red nose. He's wearing that jester cap. And the bells are kind of jingling as he's walking down. And he comes up <laughs> and he kicks Isaac in the ribs as hard as he can. He's, he's and he's dead. just like Believe me. I will I will I will take care of him. Tack, have you have you got your way out of underneath? Yeah, I've, him? I've okay. kinda crawled out from underneath him. I'm gonna go and pick up his hand. Oh okay, yeah. Um Trophy. Give me a give me an investigation check as you're looking at it. Um and and you can see that hand is like there is no musculature from the the bottom half of the forearm up to his up to his uh, fingertips. It's a seventeen on my investigation check. You you see that there is a weird, it's like pencil sized tube that runs underneath it, and and on the outside outside of that tube there is a bunch of char marks like the the metal has been kind of like uh, hit by fire quite a bit. And if you look at his hand, you can see that he did have some sort of magical property where he was able to spit fire from that hand, and he was using that as kind of like a uh, flamethrower in a sense. But he, you know, he didn't get to use it because of heat metal. Um, That's what's up. He was going to grab Irina and then flame you all and run, but uh, you know, shit happens. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, you see it. It is. It looks gold plated, but it is not like solid gold. It is it is uh, nicely crafted. Um, what would you like to do with it? Just gonna put it in my bag. Okay, it's pretty well, heavy. It, it, I mean, it's not weighing you down, and you're not encumbered. But it is. Uh, it, it's it's a thick thick piece that he he. That's why his bicep was so big, and his shoulder. You know, he's heaving that thing around. Um, Blinsky says, "Help me take him to the back." Um, uh, in case customers come in. Yeah, I'll start dragging. Well, what little I can, I suppose. Yeah, Blinsky gets down on one side, and his kind of belly's in the way. He can't really, like, lean down, and he starts to breathe a little heavy. <laughs> uh, one moment, one moment, one moment. Uh, I want to wander over and search the body. <laughs> okay. Just just right there in the middle of a shop, cast um, <laughs> he's got He's got that huge battle axe. Um with the with the 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 added brace that he would hook that hand into he's got two of those irena dolls he he doesn't really have anything else i mean he's got like you know he's got like a a ration or two uh, a couple couple coins but nothing nothing uh of real note other than the dolls and the axe is like the hand the axe is well crafted um a, a nice piece of equipment I will grab the axe, okay. I'll grab coins, okay. and his fancy-ass uh, fur coat thing. 
Yeah, it's so seven <laughs> seven of those uh, those strawed inlaid golden coins that you've um, seen. The the battle axe is a uh, it could be a versatile weapon. It's one handed, two handed, uh, regular battle axe. So a one d eight or a two d ten, depending on one hand or two. Two d ten. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry, one one one. one. He, <laughs> he had the brute statistic, so. Um, he got an extra damage die, but it's yeah, either one d eight or one d ten. And then, did you grab the dolls? I'm gonna take the dolls if no one else does. Okay. Oh, I ain't touching them. I will take the the rations if no one else is going for those. Take the cannoli. How's the line go? Take the cannoli. Leave the leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, I'm gonna ask Blinsky if he has any more of these dolls in preparation. Uh as parts, he's kind of like parts or pieces he's like kind of hefting up this one shoulder obvious on the other side you see piccolo kind of climb down his shoulder run to the feet of Isaac, and he's trying to piccolo's trying to pick up the the heels from dragging um struggling not able to do it but he he's really helping um uh, no i make them to order i don't i mean there's raw parts in the back you use molds or anything no, handcrafted. It's the Blinsky way. Great. Hey, that? that was it. I, I just wanted to... I was going to have him destroy any molds or partial built pieces that he had. Um, he doesn't have any, then I'm not worried about no, it. No, he, he doesn't. It's kind of... Uh, he's got the practice down. Um, you can tell he's made enough that he's able to just freehand it. And and pass the inspection of Isaac. There are the raw materials in the back, like the like bolts of cloth that would make right. up uh, Irina's clothes. You know the the horse hair that matches. Um, you know, there's like baskets of horse hair for different colors, but there is a basket that matches Irina's, um, and and the like. So you you could do something with that, but there are no molds nope. or no other. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to destroy his business. I just don't want any more Irina dolls being made. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so he he and Avi kind of bring him to the back. It's like he turns to you, Avi, as you're back there. What should I do with him? Um, well, bury bury it, or I, you know, uh, I had a a thought for a second that maybe stuff him. Like, wait, with what? Like, yeah, turn him into a mannequin. It'll be like, hilarious. Like, like a, a taxidermy. Like, make him into a a doll. Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. You are a creepy, creepy man. Um, but what? What? I mean, what do you? What are you gonna do with a life-size man doll? We don't need to know that answer, I don't think. Uh, I, I, obviously, I would keep him back here. I don't want people to go running and telling the Burmeister. But that just seems... Okay, as much as I love the idea, it's a terrible... Didn't we watch I Game of Thrones? It. We know how this ends. It's a terrible idea in the fact that you keep the evidence, get rid of it, throw it away, burn you it. You are... You've done this before. Um, <laughs> no. Bull will... Go ahead. I was going to say, Bull will walk over and put his wooden mask on the on the face of uh, Isaac. Okay. Looks good to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
his body is very distinct though like with the arm and uh, just the build itself and you know kind of the clawed other like you you see on this other good hand that has not been mutilated he doesn't cut his nails uh it's just kind of what what happens happens um but yeah uh I, i'll i'll get creative but if the burgermeister comes i'm sending him your way Absolutely. Absolutely. We wouldn't expect anything else. Do you happen to have another uh, Strahd doll? And also, I guess, side question. Had you met Strahd? How do you know what he... Oh, I guess it's on the money. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, um, and the statues and the you uh, know, threats. And for some reason, I was going to call him Strudel. His name is not Strudel. It's Strahd. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Curse of Strudel. Curse of Strudel. Um, <laughs> delicious the, uh, tale. That's the Sesame Street version of Curse of Strudel. Curse of Strudel. Um, no, he. Uh, no, again, I I make one and I sell it and I'll make another one. Uh, but until they sell. Interesting business model. Um, okay, well, we're gonna need the monkey. And then that's about it. We'll get going. Uh, I cannot give you the monkey. We talked about this last time. Uh, Rictavio would be upset. I'm only keeping watch of him until Rictavio leaves. Yeah. As the monkey's not welcome at the Blue Water Inn. Yeah, well, Rictavio can go fuck himself, and we're going <laughs> to be taking this monkey. No, he is a great man. He has stories to tell. You cannot have the monkey, and, and you see Piccolo at, by this point has like crawled up back onto the shoulder of uh, Blinsky. Hey, I let you take my shop over, but you cannot. Octavio would not be happy. I cannot give him to you. We don't. We don't need the monkey for anything. Just leave the monkey. Well, well. Do we not? What are you going to do with the monkey? Nothing. We Take need any toy. We need the monkey to to lure in Rictavio for our. We're not luring Rictavio. We're leaving. We're leaving. With the toy will make you happy. Just don't. No. I've got a con. Listen, we all want to kill Rictavio. We know he was no, we a don't. big asshole. No, and we he's probably don't. working no, with he's drugs. not on the list <clears throat> at all. Is this this this, this, the, <laughs> this centers back to Rictavio's out regaling you at the bar, right? At the tavern. Bull is a little upset. No, who is... Is that... Is that... Uh, the, the, the taking this personally? <laughs> I feel like you're taking this personally. Do you have a grudge? No. I feel like you have a grudge. I, I, I just happen to think that maybe Retavio here is a little bit more than meets the eye. Oh, he is good, man. He comes by daily. The creepy toy maker. Well, you can barely feed yourself. How are you going to feed yourself and a monkey? Well, I th I thought maybe Avi and I would take take uh, turns being monkey parents. That's also the worst idea. But to be fair, I did I did speak with the monkey, and you know, monkey kind of wants to stay here. He likes it here, so I'm cool. I'm cool. We'll find one later, I guess. In the next city, we'll we'll go monkey searching. 
huge monkey population in Brooke. <laughs> you I, can speaking go of that, do that, I'm having nothing to do with it. No, monkeys aren't for everybody. I agree with that. But so speaking of that, is where would he have gotten a monkey? Because I I don't think we've seen any like mm. a monkeys in the wild here. Rakavio is a very well-traveled man, I'm sure. Like, is it it's is true. it known to travel outside of Barovia for things? And like no. Barovia is like, like so, a huge import from like yeah. Faerun. No, you've you've heard up to this point that the Vistani can travel out. Strahd has a deal with them that they can come and go, and that's who you met at the river banks uh, outside of uh, in, on the Sword Coast, uh, whatever the town was. I can't remember. But it also sounds like this Rectavio can travel in and out of town, so... At the same time, you know, people can come in if they have a certain, maybe, destiny, or they've been called upon, or some other, by other, some other means, um, you can make it into Barovia. Holy shit, Rectavio's gonna kill Strahd. Um, you don't <laughs> have... Rectavio doesn't, he, uh, recalling that encounter you had at the Blue Water Inn, he doesn't have the makeup of a Vistani. He doesn't have the makeup of a, a Barovian. He's kind of that um, eccentric figure that doesn't fit those either of those molds. A light in the darkness. I love it. I know not where he came from. But he is here, and he's a good man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Belinsky... Uh, a Faerun gold that we have Ooh. and say, oh, hey, this this is for your trouble. I appreciate it helping us and everything. I, I hope it helped. I, but if you'll excuse me, I have to deal with this now. I'll hand him another gold coin and say, you won't ever make another one of these dolls. And I thank you. I can be more creative now and make other things. And he points back to that, like, Russian-type nesting doll with the, the mummy in the middle. If anybody asks who did this, it was Tack. Just tell him <laughs> Tack did it. And with that, I'll turn and walk out of the shop. Okay. I, I assume you've dropped your, your cloud of daggers. <laughs> yeah, it only uh, lasts a minute, so it probably... Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're past that. So, yeah, you're able to go back in. You, you see, you know, the, the skies have opened up a little bit. It's probably... Um, the brightest day you've had in Barovia since you've been here, but still like massive cloud cover. It's nothing like anything you've seen on, on the sword coast when, uh, that, that sun is un, unhindered by any sort of, <laughs> unhindered by any sort of, uh, cloud cover. Um, so it feels good a little bit, but yeah, almost like your good deed has kind of uh, parted the, the clouds a little bit, but not enough to... To give you unfettered access to the sun. What's everybody else doing? Are they are they following Avi out? Got nothing yeah. else to do. So yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll actually uh, put another five gold coins just on the counter as we leave while he's still in the back futzing around with that body. Oh, okay. We'll leave uh, a couple of gold. Well, I guess before he leaves, he'll talk to Belitsky. So if you can um, go ahead and make a a plush in my visage. <laughs> There's more where this came from. He'll slide the coin his way. Uh, he kind of 
you can see him kind of getting a mental snapshot of of who you are. <laughs> uh, maybe, um, hmm, yeah, maybe. No. And he turn, he like kind of gathers up those coins that you've left and puts them in the the little lockbox he's got there. That son of a bitch! No walk out. <laughs> Everybody else heading yeah, out. Uh, yeah, I think the plan was to leave town after we committed this murder. <laughs> um, yeah, make sure that Irina was a little bit safer, and then head to Madame Creepy Eva. Uh, Madame Eva. Yeah, that's the one. Madame yeah, Creepy. So yes. You're kind of dead center in the town. Uh, actually, right here. Um, so you going back, so, um, Boral Kane didn't, um, nothing triggered that way. Um, so are you guys heading back to the church to just double check, or? No, I don't think so. I think we made our, our peace. I agree. I think we would just jet. Mm. Mm. Should we at least make sure that the bones are working? Literally poke our head in and go, okay, yeah, Satan's not here, and then leave. He, he said the bones <laughs> were, were working. That's good enough. For, if the priest says it's working, I'm not one to, lo to, to argue with the priest about whether or not the bones are doing their job. This is already far beyond what I would normally grant anyone as far as clemency, assistance, or help. Oh, boy. All right. So you guys are heading out. Out the way you came in? Yeah, I think we were headed out that way. Okay. Are you going back to that main thoroughfare? Are you kind of cutting down on those those kind of back roads? I would I would vote back roads and not... Um... Yeah. Through the main thoroughfare after we just works for me. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So as you kind of you 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 take this horseshoe, the bottom of this horseshoe that goes, and you're heading now um, in this general direction. I'll ping it there on the map. You see what it makes up the town square. There's there are a couple like open tents uh, and shops. Very few homes down here. It's mostly like uh, commercial. Um, decorated and it's. There are these limp and tattered garlands and painted wooden boxes filled with uh, tiny dead flowers everywhere around that, like, circle this uh, this town square. At the north end of the square stands a row of stocks, locked in which are several men and women and children, even, uh, wearing crude plaster donkey heads. So they're kind of locked in, and they got this kind of, you know, this big donkey head on there kind of weighing them down. In the center of the square, there are peasants in kind of uh, like patchwork claw clothes. They don't they don't look well to do at all, but they eye you suspiciously as you are kind of like um, walking through the square. And they're using cups and vases to draw water from the crumbling stone fountain. There is kind of the town well here that is uh, in serious need of upkeep. Standing tall. At the center of the fountain is a gray statue of an impressive man facing west. All around the square are posted proclamations. Come one, come all to the greatest celebration of the year, the Wolf's Head Jamboree, which you know uh, happened uh, before you guys got here. Attendance and children required. Pikes will be provided. All will be well in capital letters. All will be well, the Baron. Um, and as, as you see that going up, you see 
two people approaching that sign and taking that down and they have this ready-made sign that is coming up and it, it is almost like carbon copy of the previous sign but this one says come one come all to the greatest celebration of the year <laughs> verbatim like the last one festival of the blazing sun attendance and children required rain or shine all will be well the baron are you guys passing through yeah yep <laughs> yeah uh-huh no, no need yeah, to hang around for that. This guy is. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this guy is creepy. He is delusional. And no. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're kind of passing those those uh, people in the donkey heads and in in the stocks, you hear one of them say, "What is malicious unhappiness? How can I be arrested for this? Let me out! This is unjust. There's no reason children should be in the stocks." Yeah, children in the stalks. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, I was going to say, I know a few children who are up to brats, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cass kind of rolls his eyes and just says, that was an attempt at humor. Yep. So you guys are heading heading through. Um, if you're you're passing through, you make it up to that intersection. And you're now back on that main thoroughfare, heading out to, kind of towards the outer skirts of the town. Um, here in this section is the uh, what is their general store. If you're going to want to stop by for any uh, provisions before you leave the the Arasek stockyard, and uh, this is a, the just a reminder since it's been a few sessions since you've come by here this large stockyard has several locked sheds along its periphery and lies adjacent to a roomy warehouse um and Cass, this is where you came in and traded that uh crossbow a wooden sign above the front gate reads erisec stockyard parked on the south end of the stockyard is a sturdy carnival wagon its colorful painting peeling off faded lettering on the side spells out the words rectavio's carnival of wonders a heavy padlock secures the back door uh, so if you want to stop and get any provisions, you can do so here, or we can continue on. I mean, I have money, so I'm going to go take a look. Okay. <clears throat> I am uh, going to go in there. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> I have money. Yeah, you guys have money. I didn't say we have money. money. I said I have money. <laughs> <laughs> so you you see uh, a male and female kind of that are are kind of roaming uh, around, and they see you walk in. Ah, welcome! You're back. He recognizes you, uh, Cass. You need some more gear. I'm just uh, seeing if you've gotten anything new, anything interesting recently. Oh, uh, not much. Just you know, run of the mill stuff. But you have friends this time. Any of them need trade? Are you heading out? You might need some provisions. I uh, will see what my companions say. Well, I mean, food. I could use, use ah, rations. Traveling. Yeah, oh, traveling. we have rations. I'm outside, they... by the way. <laughs> Not coming in at all. Okay. Yeah, you're hanging out uh, kind of on the corner outside of the... Th this does have, like, imagine, like, a, a stockyard or, or a, a junkyard. It's got some higher walls. Um, you know, if it had barb barbed wire was a thing, you would have that. You know, but it is kind of sealed off within this this town. Okay. Um, yeah, we have uh, yeah, we have a mask kit. You need uh, one of those? Or are you looking for actual rations? 
actual ration. Ah, yeah, yeah, we have those, and he's kind of got this this dried can this canvas sack full of like dried goods, and he kind of puts it on this this kind of rickety wooden table that is kind of in the middle of the stockyard, or not in the middle of the stockyard. It's towards that bigger warehouse just out in the front. Ah, I do actually have a question for you now that I yeah. think about it. Um, so you tend to get a, a some uh, regular kind of products. Does that include uh, tools as well? Uh, I mean, we got some some tools. Uh, it, it depends on what you're looking for. Like, what do you need? Uh, uh, I left my alchemist set in ah! favor. Favor? What the hell is that? Uh, the outside a while gate. away. Yeah. Never been there. <laughs> I, it's not much better than here to be honest but anyway um, yes I did leave uh, my alchemist's kit there perhaps you have a replacement you need like the whole kit or you just need like parts of it uh, just uh, a, a set of a set of tools a set of alchemist supplies if yeah. you have them uh, uh, and he, he turns around and Yelena you got any of them uh, alchemist kits? Um, just just a second. I think we do. Uh, yeah. And you can see her kind of like digging into some boxes and and holds one up, uh, runs it up to the table. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah, we got one here. Five gold. All right. I'll throw uh, five of the Strahdbucks coins. Yeah, Strahdbucks. <laughs> um. I'll slide those over. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Yeah, that's a. I mean, it's it's normal currency here, so he doesn't even like think twice about it. He just kind of rakes them into his little uh, apron. There he has a pocket there. Oh yeah, and he's got it. So yeah, you have a alchemist kit. Good old. Any, anything box. else? <laughs> anything else? It's a good day today. We might close up early. Just for possibly. Um, rations. You said you needed rations, right? Yeah, some. You want one day, two day, three day, four day, five day, six day? How far are you going? Uh, how uh, how many rations can I get for fixing your your uh, your table here? Uh, it's a nice table. He kind of slaps the side of it, and it kind of creaks a little bit. It's, it's table. What do you mean? Like I built this. Yeah, uh, I when, when did I build this? I could make it a little bit more sturdy, or else I got uh, some daggers to barter. And he uh, starts pulling out daggers. He's like, I got a bone dagger. I got oh. a rat dagger. I got a... Ooh. Uh, Yelena comes in and is like, you built that? I want to say our oldest was 10 years old. That would have been 35 years ago. Yeah, see, it's held up. Uh, but, ooh, that rat dagger... Was that a rat skull? What a, where the hell did you get something like that? Who would sick enough to make that thing? I think uh, some ghosts made it at the uh, the death house. I believe was oh. the name of the place. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got a whole tail behind it. You could make yeah. a whole other. You side guys are like. Here. I don't think it's colloquially known <laughs> as the death house, but sure. <laughs> you guys are talking about places I've never even heard of before. Faerun death house. You guys adventures. Uh, yeah, I, uh, what do you think? Something like that's worth. And he picks it up, kind of holds it around, kind of moves it around, looks at it. I only say two gold. About two gold there. 
And about how many rations is that? And I will say that apparently there is a high chance that if you throw it at somebody, it will kill them instantly. Whoa! Uh, give me a give me a deception check. I mean, do you even need to roll? I rolled a two. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's going to be pretty good. That's uh, 24. Yeah, he's like super into it now. You said like, you know, the insta-kill is like, oh. Uh, right, so I, I'll i tell you, insta-kill is going to get you an extra gold. Three gold, and that's going to be six days of rations if you want to do a straight trade. You know what? I like the cut of your... Well, what is even your name, sir? You just... You... Ah, the name's Gunther. This is my wife, Yelena. Let me run the okay. stockyard here. Well, pleasure to meet you. I'll gladly trade you this one-of-a-kind dagger for uh, six days of rations. Yeah, easy. Yelena, uh, you want to get uh, six rations, six days' worth? And she comes, like, arms full. I mean, it's not, like, super full, but it's it's six days' worth. It's kind of... There's some bigger bundles, like some things that don't really dehydrate down. Um, there's a couple packs of jerky. There's some dried fruits in there. Kind of thumps them down. Some dust comes out of these space ice back. cream. <laughs> space ice cream. Neapolitan sets it down, and it, they are a little dusty. Um, they've been there for a while, but ah, dried to perfection though. Okay, Anything six else? days worth two, but I'll ah. I'll pay in coin. Oh, good. Yeah, you don't have anything to trade, huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be uh, two days is is one gold. So if you want, so it's three, three gold. gold. <laughs> he does have things to trade. He just likes to keep them at arm's length. <laughs> so sorry. Right. Uh, Tack, are you still Irina at this point? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just. I'm gonna maintain Irina for yeah. probably ever now. Just checking in. Anything else we want to do? Uh, we can we can like kind of fast track this shopping. If you want to pick something up, uh, just let me know. It's basic adventuring gear, so if you have the PHB handy. Um, most things in there, I think under 25 gold are are within the shop as you're kind of looking around. Um, Bull, as you as you've traded that that dagger, you see that he's got kind of a bin next to him that just has like a bunch of general shit that stuff that maybe he gets daily and just kind of tosses it in. But you see this, he kind of he kind of holds it with a little more reverence, and he's you know he's he's done another set of kind of evaluation on it. Like he's kind of. Uh, into this like your 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 deception check really really got him he's he's eyeing this thing hold that one close it's uh it's a high mean, sentimental value yeah. and uh resale but yeah i don't want to i i mean while you're still here i i think i got a steal here like things worth quite a bit i'm i'm gonna make a good return on this well i'm just gonna go ahead and say it's also cursed but you know that's ah! by the by <laughs> And hold Damn it. Um, oh, he's he's kind of like looking at it again, like and puts it down on the table in front of him. Anybody else want to do anything here, or are we we ready to move on? I'm good to go. So, I, I do have if a he doesn't have anything special, I'm good. I just wanted my alchemist's kit. Yeah, you got <laughs> it, man. I have a completely unrelated question. Um, oh, so, in the Strahd currency, is it yeah. like? true to his actual features or is it more like is it like you know 
horrified. Well, no, is it like crudely done or is it like a master, like, you know, modern money today where it is mm. you know, pretty accurate to, to the... Yeah, so as you've kind of come in contact with a few a good collection of them, they are pretty um, true to form throughout uniform. Um, and they look a lot like that dummy you got like there's no no mistaking who it is sure um okay. and yeah they're pretty uniform okay is if that's what you are yep needing. perfect okay i got i got it a plan does. y'all it'll be <laughs> we'll be there okay ray are you drinking mustard straight up is it no Dijon? it's just a yellow cup Dijon or spicy brown <laughs> I'm English. I'm not bad English. <laughs> so I was at a party not too Mustard's long ago, good, social distance party, and yeah, a dude yeah, legit yeah. pulled out a mustard, like a French's mustard thing, and was drinking in. Uh, and so I had to double check. I'm like, it's a real thing. What, what are would, you doing? It's gross. So I googled it. It's good, for, good for cramps. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Um, I mean, sidetrack here. Electrolytes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Pickle juice, Pickle juice too. Um, anyway, best mustard is mixed with horseradish. Just saying. Uh, anyway, no horseradish underrepresented in the condiment section of my fridge. Um, anyway, moving. Uh, so as you're leaving the stockyard, um, I'm gonna say Avi and Bull, just because I can't let you leave just yet you hear a weird as you're kind of leaving and and going out you're outside of the stockyard but as you're exiting that that where the gate would be when it's closed you hear a a growl in the um in rectavio's wagon Um, fucking rectavio is there any like windows growl of an animal or the Ground of an enthusiastic individual. Um, <laughs> they can give me a More nature of check. A werewolf. It's it's very subtle. Um, and and you two have the highest passive perception, so you're able to hear it. Uh, the others, it's kind of like just lost in the wind. But if you want to give me a nature check, you can uh, maybe d- d- decipher it a little bit more, or you can keep on moving. That's a Avi. Do you hear that? Oh uh, yeah, I do. Uh, this is something we need to look into. Or... It could be a danger to the people here. So I want to, I want to, I want to try and peek in there if there's any kind of like windows. Um, they're kind of like, like the bathroom windows. They're they're very rectangular, very sh- short. Hey, and boy, they're boost, up, boost and there are up some up. like bars in that kind of. Um, boy, boost me up there so I can see it. Alright, just hit a triangle and I'll boost you up. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do hit triangle. As as you kind of like get boosted and grab the bars to kind of like pull yourself up and look in, the wagon lurches and kind of like rocks a little bit. Um, like something was thrown against the inside wall. You hear kind of the cracking of wood and some scraping of metal. And you hear that snarl again, a little more pronounced. Definitely not human. Um, as you look inside, you can you can see the first thing you see is the far the other side of the, the inside of this wagon on the wall. You see some spattered blood. You see 
inside a tiger that has like if you think he-man's tiger like he-man it's got like an armored uh helm it's got a helmet and it's got kind of not a saddle but it it has like rib protection and it's got some shoulder blade kind of or it's it's armored it's an armored freaking saber-toothed tiger <laughs> and it's, it's as a, you peek in it's quadpedal so it's not like a yeah, no, it's on all fours. It's okay. it's not like yeah, it's not a tabaxi. <laughs> uh, uh, it is it is on all fours, gonna... and you see it kind of like shoulder up against the wall you're on, and then it kind of circles around, and then it it does the cat like circle, circle, and sits, and then it finishes eating uh, this this like big piece of steak that's in there. Um, I'm gonna cast speak with animals. <laughs> Oh God. Is that a is that a say or does that just happen? Uh, I know we just cast this, but I can't remember. Son of a bitch! I'm the worst. Uh, you gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration. The knowledge and awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence, but at minimum, beasts can give you information about nearby locations and monsters, including whatever they perceive or have perceived the past day. Okay, it's got a low intelligence, so yeah, I mean. I would I would think it can like discern are you okay? Is everything okay, okay in here? Uh you hear back like a, a, a very positive kind of yes. And it's it's pawing is like holding down this slab of meat and then like trying to rip it with uh, the rest of its mouth. Is that armor comfortable? <clears throat> yes. Okay, we're good. See ya. I'm just gonna leave. Then, like, if he's good, yep. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. There was no. There's no concern in in the the telepathic message that came back to you. Is pretty like it. It's content in there. Uh, it just as you were approaching, it kind of like that was its first line of defense. I guess one last question over. was the meat like human? Was it like just a giant like torso thrown in there? Um. Did you ever give me a nature check? If uh, not, you can give me a nature a, check. It was as a twelve. Uh, it's it's too small to be human. Oh. This this cut of meat is it, okay. Is it humanoid? <laughs> I guess I should say. I wouldn't. You wouldn't think. Okay. Well, shit. I'm good then. I got nothing else, man. I don't. I'm not fucking with this tiger. <laughs> You're good. What do you What do you even mean? You just started. Uh, growling like a cat when you you walk off. That's not a that's not a normal thing that happens. Well, uh, I mean, you ch you literally change shape. I, I, I why is it so weird that I can speak to cats, but you change into? Well, no, I'm just saying like context. You don't oh. give anybody anything. What's going on? You just said I'm good and walked away. Sometimes I, sometimes I forget. That's my fault. Um, yeah, no, it's it's fine in there. It's just it's eating. It was hungry. It's a oh, it's a giant tiger, by the way, with oh. battle, battle armor too. I can only assume it would be amazing if we could get it, but I don't think we could get it. Yeah, let's. I mean, anything we can just kind of lift from Rictavio. Let's do that right you seem like a beast master you can talk to animals why don't you don't want to ride that into battle uh i can talk to him i can't like make him do things right 
All right. Well, fuck it. I don't care about these uh, these people in stockades. Are apparently, you know, tigers. Let's go. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave too. <laughs> Hop down and just bounce. I don't need to see this. <laughs> <laughs> you nobody got time for that. <clears throat> so as you are heading down, uh, going east on that main thoroughfare you get closer to those gates that you came upon in the middle of the night when you first got here 15 foot tall um excuse me 15 foot tall wall that is just the same as it encloses all of Velaki. there are guards and they kind of like tip their hat to you uh as you as you walk through um they do have to uh, unlock some of the heavy iron chains that do uh kind of close everything in but they do let it go um as you are walking through and at this time it's probably one two o'clock in the morning or afternoon not morning afternoon as you kind of had to wait at Belinsky for Isaac to show up um and then spent some time here at the stockyard can we make it to the Vistani camp in like a day if we're pushing it or do we have to um, we're gonna have to stop here yeah, let's go ahead and move you over to that uh, main map of Barovia. To be, I think we planned it, so if we left early enough in the morning, we would just make <laughs> it in a day by night, but we yeah, kind screwed that up. We, we all know that the backup plan was that you guys wanted to visit the Creepy Windmill. So we <laughs> get to the Creepy Windmill tonight <laughs> and go to Madame Ava's to, you know, tomorrow. Yeah, so you guys are way up here. Um, <clears throat> You're being serious. Uh, that okay, let's go with the creepy windmill. Yeah, sure. That windmill you saw was here. Um, yeah, to get... So over in this area, this little trail here was the one that would take you to that camp. That's probably, you know, a good 10, 12-hour walk nonstop. Um, it's probably two or three to the windmill. If only we had some sort of tiger to ride. <laughs> What was He-Man's tiger's name? Tiger is a very specific animal. That all five of us could ride. One tiger we could all five ride. Yeah, that's six for Count Murda. I mean, I would ride. You would not. It's then we wouldn't get there any faster. (laughs) Can you just turn into a tiger? (laughs) I had not yet. I haven't learned that one. Too too high of a CR level. I can be a dog. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> this this road heads east for quite a ways before it for it turns a uh, sharp ninety going south um, along this. Uh, there is woods to your uh, right. There is a lake, kind of uh, less dense woods to your left, and you you can see every now and then you could see some of that sunlight that is up glistening off a lake that is over there. Tack, as you're moving along here, Tack, you get a a a familiar voice, one that feels um, uh, in, in inviting and warm, and kind of uh, uh, one you've heard before, and, and you hear almost like a tentacle or a, a, a snake's tongue coming into your ear, and it carries the message. You have arrived. Meet me in the lane. <laughs> Damn you, Ray. <laughs> Patron wet willy. <laughs> um, 
by a minute. I need to make a detour. A detour. Wait, you're being serious. Hold up. This is this is the guy that tells us we gotta go get this stuff all done, all done, all done. And now you want to make a detour. Some of us answer to higher powers that don't have a lot of choices in the matter. I'm more confused now than I was. I just need to go to the lake. You didn't strike me as a heavily religious man, Tag. Never said I was religious. I You went to the toy store, I guess. Or we go to the lake. I suppose. <sighs> All right, a quick detour. May as well with all the chaos that everybody else has caused. Let's go. Cass, can you like catch some fish or something so we can have uh, some sort of meal if we're hanging out? Indeed, that is definitely something uh, I've gotten very used to. I'll go ahead and pull my trident. And then off we trot, I think. Or I guess, Avi, if you could just convince them to jump into, like, a skillet, <laughs> that would work too. That, I mean, Avi can turn into a fish. That's not how any of that works. <laughs> I could... Are you guys so, heading? I, I guess here would be the... Okay, okay. The, the place to make a break towards the lake. Yeah, I think uh, this voice would come into you at the most opportune time for you to uh, make that break. So, it, yeah, as you're you've been walking for an hour or two, two hours, um, and you you do see kind of a this path o- almost opens up for you as this voice comes in. Um, and you after this conversation, you all kind of begrudgingly make your way and you see at on the other side of this lake, you see kind of this mountain, and this is nestled here at the base of this mountain. This large lake, uh, the water is perfectly still. Like, there is no wake in it whatsoever. Uh, it's very dark water. Pirates of dark water, sorry. It's very dark, reflecting um, that that one beam of sunlight that's coming down, and it's kind of reflecting it right back up. Um, it's almost like a mirror it is it's just so clear and so still and tack you see nobody else can see this but you you see this tentacle kind of come and slither out on the edge of the water and you can see just the edge of it just the end of this tentacle and it's it's kind of like you know in its weird tentacly way beckoning you um before we get there what's everyone else doing as I imagine Tack is like kind of fixated on this position. Everybody else is around. I'm, I'm just watching. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, I'm daggers into what Tack's doing. Bull? We have, yeah. okay. We asked for a detour. We have detoured. So what's going on? Is there anything like, is there like an island out in the water? Or is it just like a lake? No island, but you do see... Um, Kind of going back west along the shore, you do see a dock with a couple small rowboats. You see a fourth rowboat. Uh, actually, no, give me a perception check. Uh, anybody that would like to, uh, as you're you're here. Sorry, I gave you gave you a hint there. You're muted, bull. I know. I was talking to myself mostly. Oh. Uh, that's a ten. Good, good save. <laughs> Twenty. A perception check, you said. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I got a passive at 15, so <laughs> I, I, I do have a question. So if you roll yeah. lower than your passive, I guess you're just distracted by, like, gnats or yeah, something? What's yeah, that's, that's how I think I'd rule it. Because um, you're actively kind of, like, scanning the area versus just walking down a path. Um, so, yeah, you are, like, maybe that the glare off of this weird this fiery orb in this in the sky that you haven't seen in a couple days couple weeks since you've been here is kind of blinding you and you're getting that glare um but you do see the there is a little dock down the down the shore with a couple rowboats tied up yeah 21 is what i got yeah 21 you're able to kind of like squint your eyes enough avi that you can see a a lone rowboat out in the middle of the lake just kind of well, it's perfectly still. There's no, there's no wake, so it's just sitting there. There are two fishing poles that are coming over the sides, but you don't see anybody in them. In that rowboat, um, Tack. At this point, what are you doing? So you see this tentacle. It's not like flopping around, like writhing and like, but it is there, kind of almost sed- seducing you in a way. Um, without breaking stride, I will just uh, kind of like slip my my backpack off and drop it to the ground and say I'll be back and just walk into the water as you get close this tentacle that is there kind of just seducing you coils around your leg and pulls you into the water the three of you see this as Tack is kind of like flopped down and then is dragged into the water. Um, you can't you can't breathe underwater, can you, Tack? Not till not till sixth level. <laughs> not yet. Um, so it is reeling you in, and it is kind of like creeping up your leg. The second tentacle comes in and starts to wrap around your other leg. It gets a better hold on you and gets up towards your waist and midsection. And now you are are embraced by these two tentacles. These tentacles are white. They're almost like a stark albino white that is um, the only beacon of light that you can see within this darkened water. And it is pulling you down and pulling you down. And at one point you were kind of like skidding along the sandy bottom, but then all of a sudden you get to an edge and it is just a free fall. And these tentacles are pulling and pulling and pulling. And just when you think your breath, uh, you're breathing your final breath, like you, you have held it as long as you can. This warm sensation kind of fills your lungs and you are given breath and you are able to kind of hold it for another second. And as you look down, you can see a silty bottom and you see a figure that is outlined, a uh, humanoid in shape, uh, upper body, but then its legs, uh, lower half is these tentacles that are just kind of like, there are multiple tentacles that are just kind of floating there in the air, but two of them seem to be recoiling into its body as you get closer. Um, We'll pause that there. What's everybody else doing as you've seen Tack dragged into this water? Tack's patron appears to be a mer jellyfish. Uh... <clears throat> I would not be doing anything because this is what he wanted. I would just be almost like, but not really moving. I would run right up to the shore okay. and wait until. <clears throat> 
because I'm I, I'm of the same mind as Avi, but I'm also very, very, very aware that Tat can't breathe underwater. So I'm gonna wait an amount of time <laughs> until I think, oh god, he's going to drown, and then I'll dive in. <laughs> I guess Bull would probably be like, um, Cass, you wanna jump in? Mirna, you got any anything you wanna say to this? I don't know. Um, Avi, but, well, she didn't seem too surprised. I'm going to wait until, because this is what he wanted. He did want to make this detour and he didn't seem shocked or confused or anything like that. So I'm going to wait until I think he's going to be struggling for breath and then I'm going to dive in. He did say he had to hire calling that could just mean he had to take a piss or something that's you saw him suddenly like slip and be pulled in by something right yeah yeah yeah. Well, i just mean meaning coming down to the lake i don't know if he actually i was going to say that's the most intense the... piss i think i've ever <laughs> seen anyone take ever so <laughs> i'm not really on board with that one ball <clears throat> no uh uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll wait until I think yep. that he's okay. going to be struggling, and then I will dive in. Okay. As the 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 lake quickly goes back to still, like there was there was a, the ripple effect from Tack being pulled in, but it quickly goes back to just this flat sheet of water. Uh, Tack, as you are now getting closer to the sandy bottom, you see this figure. The lower half is tentacles. But it does have two arms that are that are humanoid. They're five fingers, very long. Its neck is very thick, um, and it has sets of gills that come across this way, that lead up into these black, beady eyes that are in the center of its its domed head, and it is pulling you in, and it touches you down right next to it, and those two tentacles then release you. And you start to kind of like float up just a little bit, but it's almost like uh, you're not you're not so buoyant that you're floating to the the surface, but you are just kind of floated there in uh, suspended animation almost. Uh, the water around you um, gets warm and starts to circle, and it stares at you. Ah, you have arrived. And it has no mouth that is making these. It's more of this telepathic communication. And those eyes don't move at all. They are just zoned in on your eyes as it's looking at you. Good. Release the cloud that is put in place. And you will be bestowed with all the gifts that I can give you. Cloud. Strange. Those tentacles that are uh, kind of just moving around in the sand, and they're creating these like sidewinder uh, etches in the sand in the silty bottom that are there, much like a snake moving along the desert. And one comes and wraps around you and starts coiling up your leg. The other one comes down on your other side, starts coiling down your arm. The other one comes around the other leg, comes up over your shoulder, opens your pack. There's now fishing inside. Or did you... You left your whole pack upstairs, right? Yeah, I did. Where your pack would be, 
manifests that tome, that yellow tome that you've received in the death house that overnight turned briny and, and kind of uh, a waterlogged. It just kind of manifests in this tentacle and it opens, this other tentacle comes in and kind of starts flipping pages. And you can see it just magically etching into the page. And as you look at it, you see uh, what would be the spell shape water is now manifesting itself on this page in front of you. Flips a couple pages. Manifests the spell message on there. The tentacles come up, slam it shut, and it disappears. I have been locked in this lake for too long. Rid Barovia of Strahd. And I will be released. And you will have everything I can give you. I'll do my best to like <clears throat> I guess bow or curtsy even floating in the water. Yeah, so those tentacles kind of come up around your back and like help you kind of bow not forcing you just kind of assisting this motion like you're not you're not so uh, familiar with being so far down there's some pressure that starts to build on the temples of your head and and you can your movement is is kind of um struggles a little bit it'll be done and those tentacles start to almost like cone around you creating like straight almost straight jacketing you in like tying you up and starts to push back up to the surface and you start to go uh rise once again as you're doing this there's a moment where that that breath that you were given starts to fade I need a, a constitution save. Of course we do. Of course. Constitution save. Always. Yeah, that's... I'm diving that's in. Attack, that's I'm attack strong in. point. <laughs> constitution. Um, yeah, that's a seven. Seven. All right. As you are coming up and... Uh, Cass, as you're kind of there, being the most vigilant of the three that are up there um, looking, you see you see something kind of spiraling. Tack, you're pushed and, and, and almost propelled and released. And as you just before you break the surface of the water, you you have to take this big inhale. And you just get a lung full of water and you're coming flop up on the uh, the bank there. You take three points of damage as just that pressure and the the inhaling of water, and you're able to spit it all out. But you do take a little bit of a, a little bit of damage there. And now you are you're there. You are you know you have your bag and everything is there on the on the bank, but you do feel changed in a in a way. You do feel different. I spend. A good, good while coughing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and as every cough just seems to get more of that darkened water, it's almost like bile-like. It's it's not thick or anything, but it is just a not a pleasant water. There's no saltiness to it, but it is just darkened. Every cough feels better and better, like you're getting it all out. We could go. Well, we'll extend, uh, I think, one of the rations of jerky to tech. Like, are you, um, are you hungry, or 
I'll accept the the food and and, and eat. Yeah. Seems like that might have taken a little bit out of. It. Anybody want to signal Cass? Well, yeah, I she saw him uh, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I assume I would have seen the jettison of. <laughs> yes. The jettison of tech. What a what a fantastic uh, <laughs> what a fantastic book title. A band name, yeah. <laughs> book title, band name, it works. Um. I yeah, I would wander straight over and uh, just say, "All right, so I'll be going to talk about any of that, or I'll be just going to go ahead and nod and move on." And there's not a lot to say. I've been tasked to do what we were already planning to do, so... Maybe you'll be more on board I mean, we were gonna have to kill Strahd at some point, right? Well, we needed Strahd to get out of here. We Killing him is an option, he, I suppose. He doesn't really seem like the type that's just gonna be like, alright guys, leave. You're not wrong. You know, from Definitely everything we've heard thus far, I I didn't figure our encounter with Strahd was going to go peacefully. You would probably be right. So, your higher power Patron, also wishes to get rid of Strahd. I see. Tell me, if your patron is so powerful, then what does Strahd have on them? I don't know. Patron doesn't talk a whole lot. Don't ask, don't tell. Alright. I suppose we're killing Strahd, then. What's one more? I mean, there's probably going to be a few more on the way to one more, but... I think... That kind of dictates the how we handle things from here on out. I mean, you yeah, guys have to kill Strahd. Oh yeah, so yeah. I'm not making a decision for no. you. I just know that if I have to go home, that's that's going to be my way out. Even if Strahd were the nicest fellow that was willing to let me leave, uh, that's not really an option for me anymore at this point. I see. So, how do we handle Madam Ava? Because, I mean, maybe some of us could um, ingratiate ourselves with the Vistani, and then they would just let us leave. But if you have to uh, take care of Stroud, um, that's a whole different. Yeah, well, we know the games here. Well, we know that we have to. That Strahd is the only person that can deal with this situation anyway. Even us going to Madame Ava is just finding out to what degree and what we have to do and how to get there. So, one way or another, we're going to end up. Besides, didn't we need to pick up that clockwork man for that for uh, for Bling Blinsky? Ah, yeah. I'd Maybe he'd trade that. the monkey for the man. Weirdo. I mean, I guess I suppose my point is uh, Ava's probably working with uh, Strahd, so how do we want to do this? Are we coming in friendly-like? Are we coming in storm and uh, camp-like? Or sneaking in? It's a camp in? full of Vastani. 
I think going in friendly and just getting the information we need is probably smart. I'd rather not have to fight off a whole camp full of God knows what. Yeah, I mean, ambushing and murdering one man simple enough. I don't know that it would go quite as well if we were to attack an entire colony, camp, festival of Vistani. I'm not sure. What do you call a grouping of Vistani? Tribe? Uh, it's a murder of Vistani. Murder of Vistani? I mean, I guess what I'm getting at here is um, I'm assuming they all know who we are and we have been brought in here by Vistani, so I don't know if we can just waltz on into camp without a of raising any sort of uh, suspicion, I suppose. Well, we were brought in by Vastani, yes, but we were also brought in to deal with Strahd. So I think we'll be alright. I think. Pretty much. Pretty much that. Just that. <laughs> this currently just... Have we properly planned any of this? Literally any of it. This, this, no. is, this is pants seat here. This is all we do. Then that's what we excel at. Then let's push on. And what time was it? Uh, at this point, it's about five in the evening. What was it like a welcoming sun that you saw for the first time since you've been here has now started to fade beyond um, those mountains that would be on the other side of that lake starts to fade away. The sky starts to get a little dark on the map. You are still in that. I put a little token there. Um, can we can we get to the creepy creepy windmill before dark or close to dark? We can always go through the forest. About three hours via road, uh, or you could cut through the forest. <laughs> I mean, we're looking for a place to stay for the night, right? We're not going back into Wallachi or Velaki. Correct. Yeah. Avi, you, you wanted to visit back. it previously on our initial trek by it, right? I'd rather not be killed in my sleep in Valaki. Uh, At least uh, out on the open road. Yeah, no, I say well. we go. That's, uh... I'm up for yeah. an adventure. Maybe I maybe just... it's where they make all the, the dolls here. Avi, if we die in this windmill, I will kill you. <laughs> Fair. Can you um, freeze the lake under us? I can freeze parts. I can't freeze the entire lake. Yeah, I know. Well, that's kind of what I mean. Like, that, just enough for the uh, five of us to sleep so we don't get um, ambushed in the night. Ah. Uh... Whenever I make those kinds of uh, arrangements, you will find after a, a, an hour or so the, it, the spell collapses. So, unfortunately not. Unless you want me to just go ahead and continually frostbite it and hope that that... <laughs> just, just keep casting the cantrip on rotation. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, it only lasts an hour. You don't. You don't want to go to the creepy windmill. I do. Bull? And, uh, yes, we should. I mean, he, Bull. Bill. Bull seems to be the one that doesn't want to go to the creepy windmill now. 
Bull, here, how about this? If we go to the creepy windmill, I will And I'm just do... really confused, because usually I'm the one with problems with terrible ideas, yeah, which no, I, it's... I assume going to a creepy windmill is a terrible idea, but... It's not. I... Bull, I will do a full ventriloquist lineup for you if we go. I will entertain you through the night. Right, let's do it. Uh, we cut through the woods, or we uh, follow the trail? What, what are we doing here? I think if it's three hours, they'd put us there by like eight, eight-ish. So, but this is Barovia. It gets dark at five forty-five. Well, it's like dark now, isn't it? <laughs> There's still some light out, you know, enough to. I think we sh- we could probably hand. risk cutting through the woods. Who that, is this? That, that camp. Well, if we're making bad decisions, yeah, let's just make I mean, terrible, yeah, terrible, just... terrible, terrible choices. There aren't good decisions to be made at this point, as far as Tack is concerned. <laughs> They're all bad choices. You would know if uh, if Dax was here. Holy hell! It's well, <laughs> a perfect time to do him then. <laughs> See, this is what happens when mom goes on vacation and the kids are left yeah, dead. I scream for dinner. It's fine. Disneyland dad over here. <laughs> All right. Let's do you it. guys, uh, Let's so do instead it. of heading east along uh, old Savalich Road, you decide to enter into the woods of uh, outside of Vallaki. Who's leading this? There's no, there's no clear path. Um, if you want to give me a perception <laughs> survival check to see if we can find a maybe a game path or uh, already trodden trail. It's got like two druids, right? What y'all yeah. <laughs> Are we druid and a half at least? I'll, if if somebody wants to lead, I'll be over the shoulder. <sighs> I'd give you advantage then if uh... I'm leading okay, definitely, right. Yes, you, right. you do but also. If that was said in character. <laughs> uh, 18. 18. A question uh, uh, over the table. Like, how common is it to people be like... I mean, I guess cleric is probably ca- pretty common for people to say and wizard. But, like, outside of that, maybe bard. But, like, are people like, yeah, I'm a fighter. I'm a, I'm a fucking... I'm a rogue. <laughs> I don't know how... True. how, how yeah, that's... I think druid would probably be fairly common. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if many sorcerers or warlocks would be like. I'm a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect warlock. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Cass, as you're kind of in the front here, Avi's over your shoulder. You struggle a little bit through the underbrush here. That kind of is in between much of the tall trees that are throughout this forest. But eventually, probably about 50, 60 yards in, you come across uh, what looks like a game trail. It's not a not a path trodden by uh, humans, but you come across a game trail. Uh, and with, with that check, you can tell that these are wolf tracks that make this, kind of like their, maybe their nightly hunting rounds. Uh, this is one of the trails that they... They travel along. Every now and then you catch a little deer track, but um, definitely more prominent with the uh, the wolves. Let's move. Keep your eyes open. Yep. Um, Last, I planned on closing my eyes this entire trek. Uh, how, how are you guys? Are you guys moving normal pace? Are you trying to stay stealthy now that you know that maybe there's wolves in the area? What? I feel like probably quick trying to beat the... Yeah, uh, 
Perfect. Um, as you're moving through, you do hear every now and then some like howls of the wolves um, and some rustling, but nothing, nothing kind of coming up on you. Um, you tra- travel through. It's about a good 45 minutes to an hour of hard walking uh, through that underbrush. Um, as, I mean, the game trail only does so much as you are bigger humanoids and not as, as sleek as a wolf moving through the uh, woods. But you do make it out onto the trail um, at, at a certain point, about an hour later, right there on that bend. You saved about two hours off of uh, that that trek there. So it's about 6, 6.30 in the evening time, what we would know as evening Um and now that you're on this side of the woods, it uh, it has gotten a lot darker, a little bit faster, um, as you're moving away from that sun falling down. Um, and as you you kind of continue south on this trail, you do see that windmill, and the four blades of that windmill are turning very very slowly. And in the top window of it, you can see a faint candlelight. Okay, so it's occupied. And it is kind of up on this hill uh, that that gets above the trees, so you know, so the wind actually um, turns the the mill there. All right, what's the plan? So you guys are. I'll say you guys are now at the base of that hill that would go up um, a couple hundred feet. Yeah, we'll just go make friends. I think. Uh, that window. There's a there is a window um, up. Uh, give me a perception check, Bull, as uh, maybe a, you can get a little bit more here. Uh, no, that's a uh, seven. Yeah, you just see that one window, um, faint, faint candlelight. Um, Anybody else that wants to kind of take a look, you can give me a perception check, too. I've got a plan. Oh, no. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> never ends now, hear me out. Uh, one <laughs> or two of us just grab on to the windmill. It'll swing us around the window. We can look and see inside without anyone occupying it being none the wiser. I think um, you fail to understand that there's this thing called gravity. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you not know how a windmill works, Bull? <laughs> yeah, it just swings continually. No, it, it swings because the wind blows it. If you're hanging off the thing, you think it's going to move? I just... The math there doesn't add up. I'll pick some grass and, like, throw it into the air. I think maybe the wind's moving fast enough. The grass kind of falls and then accidentally moves a little bit in one direction, but then you keep falling. <laughs> I was going to say, please tell me it just drops straight down. <laughs> There's, like, a brief moment where kind of the curvature of the blade of the grass kind of, like... Catches weird and then continues to fall. Not a whole lot of wind. I mean, if I mean, you want to ride a windmill bull, uh, <laughs> I'm not the one to tell you no. Um, yeah, just eight I'll, seconds. I'll wait down here. <laughs> I rode the windmill for eight seconds. <laughs> I said bull. Um, very ironic. Uh, any anybody else want to give me a perception check as you guys are standing at the bottom of the hill? I don't. I don't know if anybody took me up on that. Oh. Go on then, because you because you. I, I'll make a roll, so but I'm terrible at it, so probably gonna get a two. I got, I a, got a two. Dirty twenty. Ooh, 
dirty. I also got a two. Ooh. Avi, as as they're sitting there kind of arguing, uh, should they strap into this um, roller coaster ride of a windmill, you see the same cart that you saw in the village of Barovia come up and park right at the base of the windmill, and you see a figure go inside. This is the same cart that you bought the, the meat, meat pie ice cart. From. Yes. I need more meat pies. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, I'm walking up there as soon as I see it. I'm just going to walk up there. Not say anything to anybody while they're arguing. I'm just going to walk to the door. Okay. okay. And I'm going to lightly knock and then try to open it. And say, um, hello, I am in the need of some more meat pies. Um, I have seemed to have run out. Do you, I know it's late, but do you happen to have any for sale? And then I'll knock a little um, bit louder. Hello, meat pies. Um, want to buy WTB meat pies, please? <laughs> Just a second. Uh, yeah, so as you uh, get up there, you see that same cart. What's everybody else doing? Are they um, following? This This might be weird to see Avi just kind of like take off. How, how, how else is everybody dealing with this? I roll my eyes. I just shout. <clears throat> oh, I just say, oh, this babysitting job is really not paying enough. And look at everybody else and say, are we letting him? Are we letting him die? Or are we gonna go ahead and you know help him out? Cause, yeah, I just uh, take up. I, I take off up the hill after Avi. If he's far enough ahead, I'll actually break into a run. All right, up we go. <laughs> yeah, I'll follow suit. And how how high is that window that we saw the from? You should be on the on the map there. I moved everybody. Oh, we have a map, yo. Um, yeah, you should be there. Oh, hold oh look up. at that. Uh, so you see what looks to be three levels, with the 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 top level being rather tall. There could be an attic up there. Uh, there are two sets, two windows stacked above this door. There is a set of like uh, scaffolding or framing that circles around this um, lower part of the the windmill here. <laughs> Avi, as as you knock on the door, like, even before you get that first knock in, the door opens, and it opens in, and you see that woman, the same woman you bought meat pies from. <laughs> Return customer! Oh, yes, I am in the need of some meat pies and company. She kind of steps forward a little bit and closes the door behind her. Uh, Can I get a view of what's behind her as she closed it? Uh, Yeah, give me a perception check there. And there is a Um, D4 from Hitchhiker of the Mind that you can use if you'd like. uh, Yes, that's a 12, not counting the D4. Rolling. Ooh, that's a 4. 16. Ooh, nice. Um... You see what looks like a kitchen. Um, it's it's not like one you've seen before. It's kind of very makeshift. Uh, 
Um, very filthy. A lot of debris and junk kind of strewn about. Uh, you're able to catch that. Um, you're getting the sweet smell of those pastries, but your nostrils are also burn with a with a stench as that sweet smell is combined and intertwined with this awful death, odor with death with um, just say humans human decay yeah ah unfortunately no pastries at the moment oh you do you mind back. if i come in and wait ah i do mind actually i can help you cook no, no. But look at my long... Yeah, my no. All my whole party is long and weary from traveling. And we can help you cook. Long and weary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slowly put my finger to her lips. As, no, no, no. We can help you cook. <laughs> um, I just showed you the picture. You may not want no, to touch no, her No, no. I'm lips. still going to. No, no, no. <laughs> Shh, we can, she's, we're here She's to got help. kind of this white stringy hair that's kind of put up in a sloppy uh just fingers. i just want to point out we should have seen this picture like seven sec sessions ago i withheld it who bought pies from that this would have yeah, that would have impacted um, of life cases. oh no <laughs> i would have still bought this one was like yep i want that pie this this is the true curse of strahd is some of the names and pictures of people and locations like give it away so some of that you know you got to keep behind the screen or else you're never going to go well, like well I, yeah to be fair i would have bought pies no matter what <laughs> yeah um, i mean she probably spits in them um anyway <laughs> as you go to touch her lips that's where we're going to end it for tonight, guys. Oh, come on! <laughs> she bites your finger off. You lost the finger. Oh, no. She's, she's probably going to bite it off. Um, she's that kind of lady. Uh, but that's where we're going to end it tonight. You are at the base of this windmill, and you've seen Morgantha, the person that you've bought meat pies from, and you know that they have some sort of weird property, but you're going anyways. And that's where we'll pick up next time. I'd hate to go in there without um, your moral compass of Myrna. <laughs> we kind of have a world compass. <laughs> not really. Um, like uh, Tax said, you're very uh, task oriented, mercenary. Um, this is weird for you to be doing this, but you need a place to stay, so you may try the windmill. But anyways, so let's go ahead and <laughs> wrap this up. Uh, thank He's you so much. So mad at us next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the kids were definitely playing. Uh, unsupervised today but anyways thank you all uh for hanging with us on stream thank you for the the channel point donation giving us those d4s we appreciate it uh feel free to use those at any time the party needs them uh the way some of them roll um if you're in podcast or youtube land thanks for uh sticking with us this far again i i would love you to come hang out live with us and and that would be every other sunday at 6.30 Pacific time. So please come check us out. We'll be back in two weeks for episode lucky number 13 here at the windmill. Ooh. I will not tell you what this windmill is called. Um, it would give it away. So we are here uh, next week. Death on Death Sunday. Death next week, Sunday, we'll be here for uh, our Tales from the Cantina. That is a Force and Destiny game uh, DM by Bob. You can catch us tomorrow night, Monday, uh, for our one-shot Made in Waterdeep from the Uncaged Anthology. Wednesday, we'll be back with our Wild Mount campaign, Beyond Amends, um, as we get back at it uh, having a good time there. 
Um, other than that, I, I'm ready to say goodbye to you all. Been a fun ride. I thank you. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Watch your hands. Cover your face. Wash your hands. Cover your face. <laughs>